Hello and welcome to Braveheart Conversations, where we learn the art of love through brave and compassionate conversations. I am Jillian Landis and I'm Marie Wallace and we are your hosts today. Hi everybody! Welcome to Braveheart Conversations. We are so excited to talk to you today, talk with you today. Hello! <laughs> um, with Marie here. Um, we're going to talk about attachment. And this theme has really been coming up for me quite a bit recently and I've just had lots of reflection on this topic. So um, we'll jump right in. I I feel like this has been a word that has been a little demonized in the self-development uh, community, that it's bad to have attachment, that it causes pain. Um, and I, I totally understand the thought process that, that gets people there. And I agree, but it's a yes and for me. Mm -hmm. So um, I have learned that attachment to the outcome has caused a tremendous amount of pain in my life and doesn't work well for me. Mm -hmm. So if I can hold things more open-handed, um, instead of with a clenched fist, <laughs> <laughs> not having expectations, how things should, should turn out. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And if I can, you know, love someone without strings attached, knowing, I don't know how it's going to turn out to me. That's letting go of the outcome attachment to the outcome or expectations. Right. And I think there's a huge difference between that and saying all attachment is bad. Mm -hmm. So I want to be attached to people in my life. I want to be attached to my friends and family and people that um, the divine brings into my world. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I want to feel something if I lose them or if I um, have them as a joy in my space or, you, you know, mm -hmm. I, attachment is what gives us those, those feelings. And, um, so, it's the connection. It's being part of... We were made for a relationship. Right. right. <laughs> we and were, were made for belonging. Mm -hmm. um, so I think if we whitewash all of that, we lose something. I agree. We would lose any kind of, like you were saying, feeling for them or even feeling, feeling the really depths of love and intimacy mm -hmm. and... And belonging if we just let go of all of it. Yeah, I agree. Right. With that. Yeah. And I think if we're really trying to get rid of this sense of belonging, that I just belong to everyone exactly the <laughs> same and they all belong to me exactly the same, there's there's a loss in that. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's a indifference in that. Indifference. And uh I don't I that that feeling doesn't set well with me. It doesn't align um for me. So I just thought, you know, not that anything is bad and wrong. If somebody says, you know, I, I enjoy not having any attachment in life, fine. Um, but I, I think it's worth discussing. I agree. I think that's an awesome discussion. Yeah. Um, so what I gain from having attachment to people and belonging in a group or with a person, um, variety, there's vulnerability in mm. that. I think that there is this false shield, this armor that um, people can put on if they say, I, I don't have attachment or I, my goal is to not have attachment, right? <laughs> not going to feel armor. anything, then I can't get hurt. <laughs> right, exactly. 
Exactly. Don't you think? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. It's this, like, I don't have to be vulnerable. Um, nobody can hurt me because it doesn't matter if you're here or gone because mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not attached. <laughs> well, and they wonder why they're not in a relationship. It's like I'm shielded so much. No one can get in. Yeah. But it's almost a superficial thing because it's like mm-hmm. I'll let everyone in, but really nobody in. Right. Um, it's a really interesting concept, but I think that it's kind of growing in popularity from what I've perceived. Um, and I think this in a way, like some things, elements of this can expand into like open relationships and things like that, where people are exploring this idea of having less attachment to one person. And, and to me, the loss in that is, is losing the deep intimacy I agree totally. It's, it's losing the depth of everything. Yeah, it's losing the depth. It's yes, you might get quantity, um, and you're getting an experience with everyone, and you're experience all of this love. It's exploration and curiosity and adventure. Adventure, but you really don't get to explore what it means. It's a different kind of exploration. It's kind of like skimming over the top of everything and never really. Like being on the top of the ocean, but never going under and seeing all the cool things that are underneath. There's a lot of depth in being being open and vulnerable and allowing someone into the depths of all your darkness and your light. Yes. It, it's quite, yeah, it's mind-blowing. If yeah. you can get to that level, it's mind-blowing because you don't know that you could feel so deeply it, it gets it to a spiritual level. Yeah, and I think that there's some sort of a, a guard that is up if I'm essentially saying, I just, I don't care if you come or go or I come or go. I, I don't care. Like there's, there's this shield, this lack of vulnerability where if I say I care, like it's going to sting mm-hmm. if you leave. That's vulnerable. That, uh, that's risky. Like... Oh shit, I'm trusting you a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, and if we lose that, I mean, there's a little bit of emptiness there. That's the feeling that comes up for me is just a little emptiness. And quite boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, if everyone's equal and the same, you don't get a variety of interesting things, a a variety of knowing different relationships at different levels. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I don't know that variety is a big, but variety is one of the six human needs. Mm -hmm. So we need safety, but we also need variety. So if everything's the same, at some point we're going to go, hmm. Yeah. Well, and that, you know, that could be an argument for, you know, people who would say, well, that's why you need all of these. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. This is true. I I could see that. But never, always guarding and never going deeper Mm -hmm. is is also very frightening to me. Like you were saying, it's frightening to me to, to wonder why I had never gone to a level that... I could really appreciate someone for all their humanity. Yes. The mind, body, spirit, the whole shebang. And I think that's the level I've gotten a chance to enjoy Joe with. He knows 
everything about me, mm-hmm. as far as I know, you know. <laughs> but he knows everything and loves and accepts it all. Mm-hmm. And someone who, I'm telling you, when someone loves you at a depth like that, there's nothing like it. It's, I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, and, and I think the, oh, what is the word I'm looking for? Like the the masculine energy, the protectiveness around that space of love is really, is this kind of commitment that comes with, um, with the vulnerability and love. Like you're mm-hmm. able to share those pieces of you knowing that he's going to choose you, um, not no matter what, because there are still some standards of, mm-hmm. you know, if you violate certain things, then sure. either one of you have the right to leave. But, um, but there's a choice over, so he chooses you over all other women mm-hmm. and will continue to choose you over all other women. Like there is mm-hmm. something that is really intimate about that. Um, and you know that if he were to lose you, there's that attachment. If he were to lose you, that would be in- intensely painful. Mm-hmm. And there would be something that would not be as trustworthy if you were experiencing him in a relationship and you have all this love, but you have this idea that if if you were to leave, he would say, oh, well, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After the investment, I mean. How would that it, change yeah. your feelings about that relationship? Exactly. It doesn't feel quite as safe if mm-hmm. someone is indifferent. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, it doesn't hurt me. It doesn't bother me. You're, you're right. It does feel like indifference. Mm-hmm. So we, but we do need people. We do need connection. We are made and built for that. And, um, yeah, yeah. And there's a longing in us for that as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that that's so key for me is when I hear some of this banter about attachment, um, and that it's negative, you know, going inward and really feeling out what feels good to me. What does my soul really want? Mm-hmm. Um, that's always the guiding light, no matter what. And, you know, there's so many different messages out there, and, and there's plenty of them that I can go inward and go, that just doesn't feel right for me. And maybe that does for somebody else, but it, it doesn't feel right for me. And to always listen to that, even mm-hmm. if it doesn't make sense. Agreed. Intuition is very vital in that situation. So I would... I would like to explore the the part you said about outcomes because mm. when you were talking about um, in in the transformation world, letting go of um, what do you said attachments, it really is letting go of the outcome, what yeah. the expectation is. I'll just use a baby example. So, so Joe and I do dates for each other, and. The fun in that is, is wow, we're going to go out on a date together and, and he'll plan a surprise for me and then something will go wrong, mm. right? <laughs> something will go wrong. If I'm attached to, well, the should have, this should have happened or that should have happened or he should have done this or that, then I'm not experiencing and enjoying the relationship in the moment. And that's a different kind of example, but it, it shows you what it looks like on that surface level. I'm attached to how it looks, what a date really is or, or should mean versus 
um, and going back to the quality of the time instead of the quantity of the time I get to spend time with him and so one of the dates I think we might have talked about this on another podcast but one of the dates we hadn't seen each other for about a month he had a place to go and I had a place to go we hadn't seen each other for a month and we had this date planned and my knee gave out on me and I couldn't walk. And so he basically had to carry me to the car and our date was at the hospital. Oh, no. <laughs> and it was kind of oh. funny because he, he drove me all around and even though I'm in pain, I'm still getting to spend time with him. It, was it like I expected? Not at all. But I could have dwelled on that versus, that may have felt like a little bit of a, um, a jog off the path, but the whole idea is not having an out, attachment to the outcomes. Yes. No, that's not a jog at all. Cause we certainly, you know, that's so important to cover. So what we just covered is really the attachment to people. Like we're meant for belonging. That's right. not a bad thing. Um, but definitely like attachment to like stuff that has gotten me in trouble, <laughs> attachment to like that situations turning out the way that I want them to. We see this all the time in holidays, right? We have this picture perfect idea of what Christmas is going <laughs> to look like. What a holiday supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's no fun because by the end of the night we're like, damn it, it you know, the turkey didn't turn out the way mm. I wanted it to and the timing was off and so-and-so didn't show up on time and... <laughs> You know, so if we have this idea of what it's supposed to look like, that's where I get to practice detachment. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing that I can get really hung up on is attachment to people's behavior. Mm-hmm. So if I'm attached to, and these have been huge ones for me, if I'm attached to somebody staying sober, if I'm attached to somebody staying fit, if I'm attached to somebody having the nutrition I think they should have. If I'm attached to somebody getting up or going to bed at a certain time, I think they should. Doing uh, too much, doing too things. little. Yeah. If I'm attached to somebody respecting me or treating me the way that I want them to, I have zero control out of any of that. Mm-hmm. I have control over what I do to govern myself. And I get to respond to whatever that person does or doesn't do. But I have no ability to govern what somebody else is going to do in their own life and um, I get to detach from that because if I give energy it's so icky if I give energy to that I get into manipulation because what do I start doing if I'm attached to the outcome of what they're going to do I start you know searching for alcohol I start (laughs) stealing their keys Mm -hmm. right I start setting an alarm clock or (laughs) whatever the crazy behavior is I start getting manipulative and that is really ugly to me, and I don't want to be that person. Me either. So I get to detach from other people's stuff, um, release them with love, and I get to get out of their way because every time I have gotten out of the way, I, I watch them get better. Mm-hmm. Because that's how we all operate. <laughs> I don't do well if somebody's breathing down my neck trying to manipulate me to get me to do the things that they want me to do I, that I don't like that Who it encourages that? <laughs> belligerent behavior so screw you I'm gonna do it anyway <laughs> exactly so um that's where detachment has been so so valuable to me does that make sense oh it does Be- so going back to what you said the transformation world I think that's really what what is intended when they say attached to nothing but I don't think they mean not attached to people it's just 
do not be attached to outcomes because that's where we get sad or despondent or in despair or manipulative. There's a whole range of things that we do as human beings when we are attached to outcomes mm -hmm. and it's, you're just not happy. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just, I think it can go to an extreme where I think there's some misunderstanding or, um, I don't know, in the spiritual world, I feel like there's, there's this leaning towards, you know, well, we shouldn't really be caring too much about who comes or goes in our space. And I just, I really felt the urge to respond to that because mm -hmm. it just has been mm, just a source of clarity in, in me over the last couple of weeks. Something that came up last week in a discussion that we had in a group uh, someone was talking about needing mm. the other person. Mm. So needing versus um, wanting to be yes. there with someone, it's different than attachment as well. Yes. So um, when Joe goes, I know that if I die tomorrow or if something happens in our relationship, Marie doesn't need me. Yes. Would she be sad if I'm gone? Would she, would we both be we would both be, like you said, crushed that this relationship didn't work the way that we had hoped, but we aren't going to be devastated to the point of it letting us cut us down to our knees where we, we don't feel right. like we could live anymore. Or I think that's the difference in the attachment to yes. the outcome. Again, the outcome. Will it be devastating if something happens? Because that's a, a relationship I really, really cherish. Mm -hmm. Well, I miss him like crazy, but I don't need him to fill me or to be the... Yes. I, I love that you brought this distinction up because this is super important. I think with anything in life, like if I feel that I need a relationship or my home or my animals or like anything that's important <laughs> to me, if, uh, if I... Um, if I think that I need them, then I have misplaced my my own responsibility mm -hmm. to care for myself. Mm -hmm. um, but I get to acknowledge and be vulnerable that I really want those things. And it would be <laughs> devastating to me yeah. emotionally if I were to lose those things. Mm -hmm. I love them. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with admitting that. And there's nothing wrong with wholeheartedly loving mm -hmm. all of those things all of those pieces does it mean that i need them no i know the strength in me i will get up after fucking anything <laughs> exactly but i still deeply deeply love those things and am attached to those things agree so that's the distinction for me is like this deep longing and want is not the same as need True. Right? Because need then becomes responsibility. And it brings in the codependency aspect yes. of things. I'm not at the mercy of anything in this world. Or anyone. Or anyone. Yeah. Um, I'm really grateful that you brought that I'm glad we both did. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Um, the other thing I, I was thinking about um, in regards to attachment is kind of delving into some of the science-y stuff. Oh, great. Um, but, you know, the, uh, this has kind of been a buzzword 
lately as well, adult attachment. Mm -hmm. We've had a lot more research and knowledge come out. Um, So it was phenomenal for me to be able to read that book, Attached, by um, Amir Levine. Um, And I, I just feel like I gained a wealth of knowledge about attachment styles. And that was very empowering to know that we all attach differently and that none of them are bad and wrong. Um, but it's good to be aware of how we attach. So um, just a short little recap, there's three different attachment styles. One is anxious attachment, one is secure attachment, and one is avoidant attachment. And the way that those styles kind of break down is the anxious attachment style um, is really it's is exactly how it sounds. It's anxious when you're separated. Mm-hmm. So if you can imagine a baby experiencing separation anxiety, um, it's it's really that the same principle in adulthood. When we have attached to someone and we feel that we have belonging with that person, mm-hmm. then we're seeking when we're away from that person to just kind of tap, just just touch base. <laughs> do, do I still mean something to you? Are you still mm-hmm. there? Are we still good? Okay, good. Um, and, and then, I can't see you just like you yeah, said, the little kid. That's it's like, totally I can't like see the you. little kid. Yeah. And, um, uh, it's just wanting that little bit of reassurance. Okay, good. You're still in my corner. You're still there for me. Awesome. Um, <laughs> I like it. You're still in my corner. Awesome. <laughs> um, and then the secure attachment style is, um, is really a, a both and it's this beautiful blend of, um, capability to go deep and be really intimate. They're not scared off by an attachment style that's more anxious. They're okay with being very intimate, but they're also very independent and they're not taking things personally. You know, if somebody doesn't respond in five minutes, you're not thinking, oh my gosh, the relationship has ended. (laughs) You know? Um, And then the avoidant attachment style is really, you know, wanting closeness but not wanting closeness it's this like let's keep you at the guard on the heart yeah it's totally guardedness um so so yeah there's uh, there's lots of different ways to know how you are in your attachment style and then also i I think this is hugely empowering to acknowledge other people's attachment Mm -hmm. style so if you know that you know a friend is more of an avoidant attachment style then i get to really be aware that it's not personal that's just how they are if they disappear for three days or Mm -hmm. whatever the case is you know um so i think it helps to empower some understanding Mm -hmm. of different attachment styles and knowing too like um for me it was helpful to review all of my relationships and see what has my my behavior been and what does this say about my attachment style and 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 what's working and what's not working for us in our relationships totally I, I was really, um, I got to celebrate a little bit too because uh, I realized at the beginning of my relationships when I was a teenager, I was super anxious. I was so worried about people abandoning me. Mm-hmm. And um, when I look back over my most recent, my marriage, um, I, I was very secure. Um, I was very independent. I was, you know, very okay if you know, I wasn't getting responses or, you know, I was, I really stood in my own. Um, so it was neat to see that, um, 
evolution. And that's also something that people get to see too is that we aren't stuck. Right. You know, if you see, oh my gosh, I'm a really avoidant attachment style and I really want to be more intimate, you can do that. Exactly. You, know? you, can, you can shift. You can We change. are powerful. And it's a blend. It, it seems like it ends up being a blend depending mm -hmm. on the situation or what the relationship is. Well, so that book really talks about being able to gra like gravitate more towards a secure mm -hmm. um, attachment style. So you're really like just being able to be the best. Stand in your power. Words, worlds. You're able to be independent and be, you know, good on your own, but then also able to go really deep and intimate. And I think that that is what most of us want. And knowing that also allows you to ask for what you want and and what you when someone is away for a while you can say you know I just need you to yes so that was really huge too in this book you know talking about how um how to respond to somebody who maybe has an anxious attachment style mm -hmm. so somebody who has an anxious attachment style and they reach out for that tap for that reassurance and mm -hmm. then they get nothing they ramp up. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, <yeah>. <laughs> then, you know. Mom, mom, <laughs> <yeah>. mom. <laughs> yes. So that voice is going to get louder and louder and louder. And those text messages are going to become phone calls. And then they're going to be, you know, lots of voicemails that are, you know, very, very anxious. Very, you know, the world is ending. Uh, our relationship is over. What did I do? <laughs> You know, um, so the thing is, knowing if you're dealing with somebody with an anxious attachment style, reassurance goes a hell of a long way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, you know, to just give them a short little, even if it's not um, solicited for, you know, I just want to let you know I'm thinking of you today. I love you. That can go so far. Mm -hmm. um, so... And vice versa, someone with an anxious attachment style, you get to not take it personally when somebody doesn't, you know, reach out to you very often. Um, it's It says nothing about you, which is mm -hmm. how often is this We the take message, it personal. Right? It has nothing to do with you. It has to do with their own um, attachment style. What I also really liked about um, that book is that it's, it's really talking about an attachment system that's activated, much like you would talk about your limbic system. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's just it's just something hardwired into into you how you attach, and um, it's nothing to really be judged. Some of us have the capacity, and this was another thing that came out in that book. We all have a different capacity for intimacy. And so when we pair with someone who has a similar capability for intimacy, um, that tends to go a lot better than somebody who has a really high capacity for intimacy and someone who has a low capacity for intimacy mm -hmm. because one person I can will see always that. be starving for intimacy and the other person will always feel overwhelmed and probably annoyed. <laughs> well, even if you're talking about the avoidant with the anxious because you're going to have one that always needs the attention and you'll have someone who's always avoiding that. Yeah, yeah. It could be, like you said, that you have two different capacities and two different 
capabilities and needs yeah and needs. they're all different mm-hmm. and that was definitely what that book said was you know if you're an anxious attachment style you probably want to avoid someone with an avoidant attachment style because yeah, I it's could really see a recipe for um, a lot of disappointment and this was funny too um, to me just an observation I think when and it's very often true that the anxious attachment does pair with the avoidant attachment oh, style I can see that and um, what what ends up happening is there's a power dynamic here then. Mm-hmm. So the avoidant attachment ends up in really a position of power because the anxious attachment style is always having this deep need mm-hmm. for intimacy and it's always at the beck and call. It's always at the decision of the mm-hmm. avoidant when that's going to be given or not. Mm-hmm. So it just creates this a big power yeah, dynamic. Agreed. Miserable power dynamic. I've been in one of those before. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not a good feeling because it just feels like you never know when. Well, it just creates a lot of chaos and a lot of. Um, you don't get to really talk or mm-hmm. communicate because they decide when that happens. Yeah. And, and not, it, it just doesn't work well together. No, it doesn't. And I think it creates a lot of insecurity, too. Because then the avoidant attachment style is thinking, you know, what's wrong with me? You know, do they just not want me? Mm-hmm. Well, no, they just have an avoidant attachment style. <laughs> <laughs> They're not talking they to me. It goes back to want. the end of the world and it ratchets it up again. <laughs> yes, yeah. I can feel that. Yeah, so they're really what empowering did I do? book to, to have that knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, and to give permission to everyone where they're at you know I think that was some a big compassion thing I walked away with was mm-hmm. you know um it's, it's not a judgment about somebody who has you know an avoidant attachment style or an anxious attachment style it's just acknowledging where they're at in that journey and I can look back at times um in my life when um I was demonstrating a really anxious attachment mm-hmm. style and I I needed to walk through that. Mm-hmm. I needed to learn from that, and I did. And um, and there's more balance that comes with more self-awareness. But I'm so grateful to the people that did have um, so much compassion for right. me and held a space of love for me as I walked through that. Well, and getting back to what you were talking about earlier, celebrating where you are and how far you've come is really important too Mm -hmm. because just right here in this moment you can go, wow, I've come so far. And sometimes we just forget to do that celebration part. A lot. Because that's very a lot we do. (laughs) And and that's very empowering as well as going, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm I am progressing. I am becoming a better human every day. You know, that kind of feeling. It just I think it's just as empowering as as anything just to see how far you've come. Definitely. Yeah, super important to look back and celebrate. We tend to be very good at beating ourselves up and trying to force ourselves <laughs> to be something different and better and all this stuff. Now. <laughs> and I want it now. But if we look back and see all the growth that has happened, mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty amazing. Um, yeah. there. I mean, every piece of that journey has been perfectly timed. Perfectly timed. <laughs> speaking yeah. of yeah speaking of it looks like we are pretty close to our um time
time today. This has been a fabulous Always. discussion. I love talking with you. It's so exciting for me to hear another person's point of view and just going, making the connections. So yeah. I hope that it helps some of you out there make some connections. Yeah, definitely. And if you have something to share about attachment and how that has played out in your life, whether it's, you know, learning how to detach, like we talked mm -hmm. about earlier, or or learning the self-acceptance of this is how I attach to people like those are both and you know they're they're both really important we love hearing um, other people's perspectives I, yeah I'd or questions questions stories challenges successes please share them all if you want to reach out to us please reach out to defy the average at gmail.com or marie at mariesgold.com yeah, and you can join us next week. We will be posting a new episode every Thursday, so be on the lookout for that. I hope you have a great week. Thanks for joining us. Thank you.